Hey everyone, if I don't know you, I'm Pastor Augusto. I'm the Spanish um, production pastor here at FBC. And I'm super excited about today because today, literally like today, is my fifth work anniversary here. Five years ago, I came, yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Five years ago, I came and we arrived on a Saturday and on Sunday morning, I was preaching to the Spanish-speaking members of this church. And that very moment, a few of them thought, whoa, the church has made a bad judgment call. <laughs> but here we are five years later. So, yeah, I'm persistent. The other reason why I'm so excited about today is because it's fifth Sunday. That means kids, you don't have a kids church, you stay with us. This is like what we call family service. So it's going to be like a boring family meeting. <laughs> so you kind of get used to it. And I get the privilege to have the Spanish congregation, which I often talk to, and the English congregation, and the kids, and I get to bore all of them in one sitting. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exciting, at least to me. So kids, bear with me, okay? So we're going to pray. So kids, I promise I'll be quick if you pray with me, okay? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this opportunity we have to come together and, and hear your word And thank you for all the men, women, and children in the Bible that we can learn from. I pray that you will use this time together to teach us, all of us, whatever you want us specifically to learn today. And I pray that you will do it in a way that, it, that will make an impact in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in his name we pray. Amen. So, the theme for the year, for 2022, is made for this, right? That's Well, we've been talking about for all year, it's in, in that awesome design that it's over there in the lobby. And, and next, in the next few weeks, it's going to become like a journey. So spoiler alert, be, be ready for, for like we were made for some type of journey together. But today we're talking about what it means to be made for this together. The together part is what we're addressing today. And I want to challenge some working assumptions that we have when we, we could be meaning two completely different things. When I say together, when I say we, when I say this, we could be talking about completely different things. And just to illustrate my point, I'll just bring an illustration, could be controversial. So when I say football, like I don't know, for example, Paso Glenn could be thinking, yeah, this is, this is the year for the Niners. Yeah, yeah, this is a great year, man. But Tom Brady's back. It's like, what is like his 45th season? Is, is he even human? And I am on the other spectrum. It's like, I, I could be thinking, how can I justify a mission trip to Qatar So I just happen to be there when Uruguay beats Portugal, and I, can, and I can enjoy it in the face of Cristiano Ronaldo. We could be talking about completely different things, but we just use the same word. So in order to, to, to bring some clarity, we're going to try to define what we means. And I'm going to appropriate that pronoun, the first person plural pronoun, and I'm going to redefine it. It's going to be we as a Christian pronoun. We're going to redefine what we means, and, and honestly, it's just a play, I'm just playing with words, to say we are the church, so that is the we that we are talking about. 
So what it means that we are made for this, but not just we, our family, we, my buddies and I, but we. What is this bigger we that we're talking about? So, kids, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. When I, when I say we, what, what comes to your mind? And no, it's not the video game, so we can talk video games later, but we, like, the, the real we, W-E, what, what comes to your mind? What is we? I'm going to say that we is made, it's a word, it's a pronoun, if you want to know what it is, but, but, but that's, I don't, I'm not worried about that part. We has two components. Has the I component, I have to be a part of we, because otherwise it's you guys, or if we're in Texas, y'all. I have to be a part of it. That's the I part of we. And you have to be a part of it. That's a you part of we. So we're going to be talking about that. And more on that later. And, and we're also going to be in the, in the book of Acts. And, and scholars have defined the book of Acts as how the Holy Spirit works and how the church accomplishes what Jesus told them to do through the, the verse that it's kind of the key verse of Acts, which is Acts 1, verse 8. And, and so I'm, I'm going to start on verse 6, but the one that you're going to have on the screens is verse 8. So Jesus is talking after uh, the resurrection, and, and the disciples ask him, okay, is, is it now that you're, is, is, has the time come for you to free Israel? So like your plan is going to be accomplished right now? And then in verse 7, Jesus says, well, you know, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and time. So basically, nonya. Okay? So it's not for you to know, but verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my what? That works. Steve, that's it. I love it. It's a great way for you to engage. You will be my witnesses telling people about me. Where? In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Memorize this, because we're going to go back to this. So there are four places. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the the earth. And and they use three stories to kind of divide, put some markers in the book of Acts. Two, eight, ten, eleven. That story in, in, in those chapters. So that's, that's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to bring three stories that have three implications about what we mean by we. The first story is the I problem. The first story is the book of Acts chapter 2. And you know the story, right? The, the disciples are waiting for something to happen. And kids... This is the first takeaway for you guys. There's going to be a test. No, no, no. The first takeaway is this. Chapter 1, Jesus says, wait. And they, what, what do you think they did? They just waited. So kids, first takeaway, when Jesus says, wait, just wait. When Jesus says, wait, the best thing you can do is wait. Because something amazing happens after he said hold on hold the horses something's gonna happen 
And they wait patiently. And then something happens in Acts chapter 2. And it's crazy. It is crazy. Like the Holy Spirit comes and, and there's flame and there's people talking in different language. It's like Pastor Augusto speaking English. No, no. It's actually like people hearing the message from the apostles in their own language. It's like Pastor Augusto speaking Swahili. That never going to happen. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And, and, and people are witnessing this. And it's like, what is going on? It's crazy. And, and then they say, they must be drunk. What's, it's like, it's too early to be that drunk. But you know what? The whole point of today is this. Peter, the apostle Peter, gets it. And he does what every good preacher does. When you get that Jesus is working, that the Holy Spirit is moving, then you just bring the gospel to that circumstance. When you, when you realize that someone is, is being moved by God, then you just bring the gospel. And it flows. It naturally happens. So they, they repent. Peter gets it. He understands that the, the prophecy in Joel chapter 2 is partially being fulfilled. And, and this is like, oh, this is it. And then he starts and says, you know, God, this, this, that, 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 that. You have to read it. I'm not, I'm not going to have time to, to go through it all. But he says, this Jesus... You killed him. So this is the I problem. Because, you know, sometimes we, we play the, it's not you, it's me, right? When something goes wrong, and we say, you know what, this is not working. It's not you. It's, it's, it's me. We don't really mean it. We know it's not me. Of course it's not me. How could it be me? But this is the real, oh, Yikes, we killed Jesus. They, they really understand. They, they come to a moment where it's like, okay. Peter says, he preaches, he talks about God, and then he has this, this very prophetic moment where he says, and you killed him. And without the Holy Spirit intervention, that would be, and who are you to talk to me like that? But that's not what they say. Thousands are convicted by the Holy Spirit. And they come to this moment where it's like, oh yeah, man, what did we do? It's like the same group that were like creating the, the turmoil and saying, crucify him. A little later, thousands of them are saying, man, we killed him. And then it comes to the inflection moment when they say in, in, in chapter, verse 36, Peter says, So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Take that. And they don't respond like we would, like the passive-aggressive, you know, thing. They... Verse 37, Acts 2, verse 37 says, 
Peter's words pierced through their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Yes, we killed Jesus. What should we do? And the message is, is not new. It's what John the Baptist said before. It's what Jesus himself taught. It's like, repent. But this time the Holy Spirit is working and they're ready. And they come to a salvific knowledge of Jesus. They come to know Jesus as the Lord and as the Messiah. So kids, second takeaway. Okay, the first one, you already forgot. The first one is when Jesus says wait, just wait. The second one is this. And I learned this lesson from an old seminary professor back in Mexico. He taught me. And it gets real. And it's not only for kids. But it's never, never, ever too late to start doing the right thing. They killed Jesus. And now they're worshiping him. Isn't that awesome? Isn't, isn't that Amazing grace. Letting those who did that be a part of your redemptive plan. Oh, man. So it's never, never, ever too late to start doing the right thing. Because in, in, in 1 John 1, 9, you probably know this. The Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive. He is faithful and just to forgive and to clean us, cleans us from all wickedness. First John 1 9. So they repent, they become the first believers. The church kind of starts, and it's great. It's like legit, it's like the best thing on earth, but for a while. Because something happened. Have you ever been in a place where, like, this is so good? This, I, I, always, I have this phrase. When Dane brings some of his, like, awesome desserts to the office. I said, this should be illegal. <laughs> you, have, you have those moments where it's like, this is so good. This, is, this, should, this shouldn't be happening. It's like, that's what the church looked like. They were, people came because they saw what they were doing and it was so, so magnetic. It, it was so good to be true. They were like, dude, I want what you have. I want my family to look like yours. I want my life to have that meaning. What do I do? How much does it cost? What do I have to do to get there? And, and they just shared the gospel. And people were transformed and coming to faith through what the church did among the believers. I'm not saying that we shouldn't evangelize. Of course we should, but, but it was like so attractive because of what happened among them. And sometimes we, we get to see a little bit of that. Like we, we really want to hang out with a, you put the name of the family because they're so good. I'm going to say with the butlers uh, because they're, they're so like good to hang out with. Or I really want to go to that place. Or I really want to, because I feel so good when we're there. 
So that's what happened. But then, of course, things kind of changed. And we have another part of the I problem. We're still in the I problem. In the, it's not you, it's me, but for real. But now, in chapter 6, it kind of switches. And now it's like, no, it's really you. Which is what we really meant from the beginning. Chapter 6 tells us the story about like, what happened with the Jews from Jerusalem who had the knowledge of uh, tradition and, and, and the, they spoke the language and they were like the real, real Jews. But there were other Jews from the diaspora, which is like other places. They came every year to Jerusalem to worship, but they were living in another place and they spoke a different language. So they, they come to Jerusalem, they get to know Christ, they have this meaningful experience, but they don't, they don't live there. They're not from there. So there's two groups of people, and, and there's a conflict. There's a conflict, a conflict that happens when, when people from Jerusalem, look, I am from here. I speak the language. So my widows deserve better than your widows. Because you don't speak the language or because you uh, didn't come back after the exile or because I don't know, but I'm the real deal. I'm the real Jew. You are a second-class Jew, which is the Greek Jews. And this conflict came to the apostles, and they decided to uh, put together a team to address this need. Um, it's verse 2 to 4 of chapter 6. The 12 called a meeting to all the believers, and they said, uh, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program, which is, was a problem. The widows were given different differential treatment. And so, brothers, select seven men who are all well-respected, and they're full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. So again, the Holy Spirit, they have to be full of the Holy Spirit and they will kind of organize this and take care of that. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. So that's the other part of the, you pro- of the, of the I problem. It's like, yes, the Jews were coming to know Jesus and were part of this new church but they had to deal with this like two layers of Jew no that's not how God works so they put together this team and, and it's amazing what happens and, 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 and they, they, they fix this problem so we now enough about the I problem now comes the you problem because remember we has two parts right I Otherwise, it would be you guys, and then you, because if, if you're not part of we, it's just me, right? So now we're going to talk about the you problem in chapter 8. Chapter 8, the problem here is, is different. The problem here is like, okay, I get it. 
Greek Jews are Jews, okay? I understand that. Thank you. We, it, took, it took some conflict for us to realize that. Okay, great. Now, the problem is like, Samaritans? They hear God is doing something in Samaria. Remember Jesus' word? He said, you will be my what? Witnesses where? Everywhere. We're, we're going to get there. But, but, but the first was Jerusalem, Judea. Samaria. So God is doing something in Samaria? No, it has to be wrong. No, yeah. God is doing something in Samaria. So they send a group and, and they, they just have to deal with this. What's going on? And there's the point of inflection, which is the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message. They sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. Again, now the Holy Spirit is working not to establish that God's plan is for Jerusalem, as he said that he was going to do, but now Judea and, and the, the surrounding areas, and now he's stretching what they thought was possible. I told you I was going to challenge some working assumptions. It was like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. The Samaritans, they, they have a different temple. They, they're not part of us. There's a reason for that line between Judea and Samaria. It's their thing. They have the wrong zip code. They, they worship in a different church. We're not going to go there. But the Holy Spirit confirms again that, yes, he is working in Samaria. Like Jesus' words were right. Of course they were. So they go, and they come to this uh, realization moment when they have to say, wow, they're worth being saved too. Samaritans are worth being saved Two. How so? Well, because we saw it. Peter gets it. Peter gets to see it. Otherwise, he, they probably wouldn't have believed it. But Peter gets to see it. And then he reports, wow, they're worth being saved too. They're humans. There's so many cultural barriers that, that Peter has to kind of address and tear down. They, they avoided going through Samaria. You know the story, Jesus, right? He said that he needed to go through Samaria, right? So they avoided that area. But Peter is sent to the area. Okay, I can't avoid it. I have to go. I'll just go like quickly. Get it done and get back. I don't know if you have a place where you, like, you approach it that way. I'm going to go get it done and get back. Make sure no one follows me. I'm not going to post it on Facebook that I was there. No. But those cultural barriers are like so destroyed by this. The, the Bible says in, in Acts 8 that when, it, when after this happened... He went back preaching in different towns. 
He didn't go back like quick. Yeah, okay, the chest. I had to do this. Let's forget about it. No, no, no. He goes back in Acts 8.25. Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, and they stopped in many Samaritan villages. Now, the invitation is for us to decide what we're going to do with, it, with those cultural barriers in our lives. Where, are, where am I struggling with the you part of we? Who I am not willing to include in that we that we just redefined. Now, we talk about the I problem. We talk about the you problem. Now we talk about the we size. And that's not in the Bible. Sorry, I just made it up. I'm creative. Sorry. So the third story is the, the one that talks about the size issue. You know? I love it here in the U.S. You have sizes for everything. It's like 9.5 wide or like that's, that's so nice. Or like you have the two measures, right? 34, 30. I don't have to go anymore. I can tell Valley, hey, go to Costco, get me a 34, 30. That, that's it. It works. Perfect. You can do it on Amazon now. It's like, boop, boop. I don't have to. But we're going to talk about our, our we size. What is the we size? Okay. I think we have two, two slides, right? The first one is the we large that's when the I part of my we is way too big. Yes, it's, it's we because you're there, but I don't care. I don't really care. That's a we large. But if I do the opposite, I'm a we small. It's like I care more about you than I care about me. And that's what happens in the third story. The third story is, is kind of God pushing Peter's wee size. It's kind of like that, that sweatshirt that you put in the dryer and, and it, it just, yeah, I know, it's painful, isn't it? Especially when it's, when it's your favorite sweatshirt. Um, but God is going to shrink Peter's wee size. Well, it happens that, that a Gentile wants to be a part of God's plan. Cornelius. He, he is uh, devout, he's looking out at God, he's praying, and God hears the prayers of a Gentile. God, are you crazy? You're not supposed to, to like, get along with the Gentiles. They, they used to pray, God, please, like, help me not be like these Gentiles. We're different, we're the chosen people. But God has plans for the Gentiles. Acts 10 and 11 tells us this story. Again, the Holy Spirit is going to have to do something miraculous to help Peter understand that when Jesus said, you're going to be my witness, now yes, where? Everywhere to the ends of the world, that means the people right next to you, the other group of people, the, the, the neighbor culture. Yes, they were not Jews. Yes, they did not follow the dietary restrictions. Yes, they had 
they didn't have the Ten Commandments, yes. But Jesus was going to do something. So Cornelius sends, you have to read this story, I'm, so, I'm, I'm missing so many parts. But Cornelius sends a team to go get Peter. Peter had a vision. In order for him to understand, God has to give him a vision of what he was going to do. And, and, and basically, he, he tells him, these animals that you're like, you think you can't eat because they're unclean, like, he, he tells Peter, go and eat that. It's like, no, 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 no way. God, I am clean. I'm not going to do that. Three times, and God says, do not call unclean what I've made clean. The Gentiles. Do not call them unclean. And, and, and then we have the inflection moment again, right? Uh, it's, it's Peter gets it again, again. Peter gets it and says, like, you know it is against the law for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home or even to associate with him, right? It's like, you know that. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came out without objection as soon as I was sent. So now you tell me, why am I here? Why am I here? Because this is such a stretch for me. This is such a stretch. I, I, I don't even get it. I, I, don't, I don't know if I should be here. This is so odd. This is like, if, if, if my buddies know that I'm doing this, it's like, I, I, don't even know, I don't even know if I should be doing this. This is so like out of my wheelhouse. The Bible doesn't say that he was comfortable But Peter gets it. And he goes. Even though he's stretched, and maybe on his way there, he's like, what am I doing? I'm the only white guy here. I, I'm the only Mexican. I'm not even Mexican. I'm from Uruguay, but it doesn't matter. Um, it's like, have you, have you been there? It's, it's like, this, this is an uncomfortable place to be. But he goes. He goes. He gets to see what God does. First-hand witness. First-hand witness. But the honeymoon is not too long because they come back and they have to report. You know, remember the detectives? Kind of. Now we have, with the Samaritan story, we have the detectives. Hey, go and see what's going on in Samaria. Jesus must have been wrong. God doesn't do things in Samaria. No, yeah, of course he does. Now, in, with Cornelius, it's like they came and had to explain what was happening. And that's what we just read. I understand that God doesn't make any favoritisms. But there, there are the complainers. And I can imagine them like, really? Really? Do you really think everyone is welcome? That doesn't make any sense. If everyone's special, then no one's special? Really? Or like, 
I can hear in my mind. If, if I, can, I can't keep this place safe or clean if we let them in. Because they're going to bring those foods. And we don't do that. We don't eat that. We are clean. But there's a problem. The apostle Peter cannot, cannot unsee what he saw. He saw God doing a miracle in the house of Cornelius with all this uncleanness. Is that a word? Yes. Okay, thank you. So he can deny what he saw. And then in 32, 34 to 36 of chapter 10, he says, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Peter gets it. And that's what I want you to take away from today. Peter gets it. Do I? And he gets it to the point of crossing these personal struggles. It's like, I I don't even know what they're cooking. (laughs) And he does it because he is going to the encounter with the other. And he gets it to the point of going back home and heating the same old, same old, same old. Group of people who don't get it. Same old dynamic. And then he becomes a beacon of real, authentic cleanness. I know it was a word. But the way God defines it. You see, Peter started denying Jesus. It's like, oh, this Joseph? No, I don't know who he is. No, he's crazy. No, he doesn't know me. He's just like trying to remember. In front of Jesus, he denies him three times. Now, he's taking a hit in favor of the unclean. He's going and arguing with the church leaders in favor of the Gentiles. I want to be like that. Peter gets it and lets everyone be a part of this story. If I were Steve, I would say, which leads me to? This is the first time I say it. Well, it's the second because I said it in first service. And it works. It works. I have three points. The first one is read it in the Bible. Don't trust me. Go and read it because I skipped so many parts, important parts. It will take you an hour to read the 12, the 12 first chapters. One hour in your week. Come on. You got that time. And if you're an overachiever as I am, two hours and a half. If you commute... Right there. Don't read. Put the audio version, right? <laughs> Unless you commute with someone else. I, guess, I don't know. In that case, you can read. But read it in the Bible. God will speak to you. I am sure, 
even better than he will speak through me. The second application that I have for us is like, what size am I? What we size? I'm a we large? I am, kind of. Uh, or I'm a we medium? Do I need to work on that? What can I do to, to, to bring my we size to a more reasonable size? And the third point and the last point is we got to choose. We got to pick what role we are going to play. Are we going to be the detectives to see what God can and cannot do? Are we going to be the complainers? No, no, no. You can't do this because of this and that and that and that. Or are we going to be the witnesses? The firsthand witnesses of what God is doing in the community, in our workplace, in our school. Yes, school starting. I'm sorry. And I want to invite us to choose to be a witness. Because we're made for this together. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this day, for the opportunity we come. We have to come and, and, and talk about these things and, and, and pray about these things and learn from your word. I pray that you will help us kind of realize what our we size is. And what each one of us can do in order to, to reflect your character, to represent you well wherever we go, whatever we do, whomever we encounter. Help us, help us take the, 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 the effort, make the effort of, of going and reaching out and stretch our understanding of what is possible because that's what you teach us in the book of Acts and that's what you want from our church in Jesus name Amen